Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Living in Hope. I am your host, Cassie Barrett. Today's interview is very near and dear to me because I am sitting down with Reese Crosby. We actually became friends through his wife, who I met on Instagram. Uh, Many of you, if you know Brittany, that's probably how you knew her as well. She shared her story of her fight with ovarian cancer with everyone. I mean, she was a cheerleader to those who were going through it, and she was an inspiration to to us who may be in the midst of our own trials or going through something ourselves. She just always brought a light and always brought joy to everyone's life. And even though he is probably the last person to admit it, Reese is continuing to be that inspiration to others. When I asked him to come on to the podcast, I said, what are you comfortable talking about? What do you want to share about? And his biggest thing was, I want women to know the signs and the symptoms of ovarian cancer. So that is one of the big topics we talk about in today's episode. And I think it's so important for everyone to hear these symptoms. But I'm also going to be asking him a couple of difficult questions with his permission, of course. (laughs) But the questions I ask are, what was it like to walk beside Brittany in the midst of all that? And what does your life look like today? What does your relationship with Christ look like today? You guys, he has a heart of gold and he has so much inspiring words to share with us. So let's just go ahead and dive in. Hey there, Reese. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you for sitting with me. Of course. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be fun. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I always wish that I could have these conversations in person because right now you're over the computer screen. But it's like, man, <laughs> if we could just be in person, it'd <laughs> be so cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. I know one day, seriously, like I've done podcasts with people and on yeah. the East Coast and West Coast. And it's like, ah, oh, it'd be awesome oh, to be able to just like, yeah, come yeah. together and meet somewhere. Right. Hopefully soon. Hopefully I soon. know. Hey, we actually almost did. Do you remember that? We only uh, met each other. Oh, I was oh going, my gosh, yeah, I completely yes. forgot about that. Yeah, I was going to South Dakota, mm-hmm. and you were, where were you? I would have been in Montana, I Montana. believe, at the time. That's right, yes. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm coming right through there. Where are I know. you? I know. <laughs> but it didn't work out. It's fine. Next time. Next time, right? Next time, oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's have you introduce yourself to uh, my audience. Um, just share about who you are, what your life looks like today. Sure. Yeah. My name is uh, Reese Crosby. I'm um, originally from Central Texas, a uh, not-so-small town anymore, uh, called Georgetown, yeah. Texas, just north of Austin. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, wor- worked in a few different jobs uh, after college at Texas Tech and started getting the, the passion to to want to travel. And uh, actually, for the, so for the past two and a half years, I've uh, been traveling full-time. Uh, my wife and I built, uh, well, we had a friend uh, help us and complete a, a build of, of a conversion van. So yeah, I've been traveling. That van is um, awesome. Doesn't it have yeah, a name? What's the name? It does. It definitely has a name. And her name is Avril LeVan. Avril LeVan. And That's right. So for the past uh, year and a half, been traveling in that. Yeah. Uh, oh, cool. My wife, Bray, was a huge fan of Avril Levine, And so <laughs> one day we were thinking of van names, couldn't think of anything. 
and I was working out at home in our one of our rooms, and I literally like paused, came out, and looked at her. I was like, Avril Levan, and it was just like, boom, <laughs> there it is. Like, it was like there was no oh other question gosh. after that. That um, is so cool. I'm all about naming vehicles. They have to have a name. Uh, yeah. They become 100%. a part of your life, your family. <laughs> they do. I mean, and so in in that time, I've gone to. I think I'm at 19 or 20 states. Um, wow. The van is driven on the beach on the West Coast and the East Coast. Um, mountains, snow, rain, you name oh, it. Uh, we've kind of been through a bunch. And, that is um, so cool. Yeah, it's, so cool. it's been, it's been fun. And yes. It's got, you know, got a bed and room for mountain bikes. And, uh, and your a dogs. Kitchen and dogs. <laughs> yeah, both dogs have been in it for a bunch. Oh, so it's been good. How cool. How fun. Yeah. I love that. I would just love to be able to have a van and go travel all around the world. Maybe someday. You never know. Yeah. My kids need know. to grow up a little bit, I think, before we do that. Because <laughs> I don't know if they'd be down for the long road trips. But it's a dream. But then once Anyways. they wake up in a, a different place with a cool view, you get to play outside every day. Right? Like, okay. I know. That is so true, though. That is very <laughs> true. Well, I knew your wife just through Instagram. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people, after I just said that sentence, they're all like, yep, me too. Because she reached so many people through her stories on Instagram. But we always kind of kept tabs on each other and everything. But Her story, my goodness, is a powerful one, and I think it would be so awesome if you could just share a little bit about, you know, your life with Brittany and that fight she had to go through. Sure. Um, So, yeah, my wife, yeah, Brittany, uh, Mm -hmm. I call her Britt, so that's that's what will come up a bunch, (laughs) but uh, actually, we've known each other our entire lives. Um, Our first memories of each other were in second grade. Uh, We're in the same homeroom class. Whoa. She was uh, really fast around like the track. Um, so it was like me and my like two other friends. We were real fast. We were like the fastest ones. And then she'd pass <laughs> us so that we'd have to run way faster to, like, <laughs> to like, try to beat her. This girl's beating us. <laughs> it was crazy. And so we went to elementary school, middle school, high school, all together, all in wow. the same town every single year. We stopped having classes together in high school because Britt was very, very, very smart. And I uh, attended school. Um, so (laughs) she she had some other classes that I did. Um, but you know, what was funny is, is through that time we, we were great friends, but we never dated. We never even thought about it until, Mm. uh, we went to college and she went to, um, a school in Corpus Christi, which is on the beach here in Texas. And I went to Texas tech in the panhandle of Texas. Yeah. Still in the same state. It's about 16 hours apart. Um, so pretty far and (laughs) you know guys with timing that's never our strong suit ever with anything (laughs) and so that's when i decided to 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 you know court and date uh brit was during that time and um it was funny her her brother ended up ratting her out that uh she drew hearts around my face in our elementary school like yearbook and all that stuff oh i love that that's cute so it you know it was it was the the cliche and your parents mm. are right when they say you when you know you know and it's a totally true mm. thing and so uh mm. got married moved into a, a beautiful house um no debt like uh, we were able to we were really good with our our finances and, and able to handle everything and we we're setting up for this this grand adventure of life and mm. um travels abroad and locally and everywhere and right. um in december of 2016 uh, Brit was diagnosed with uh, stage 3C ovarian cancer. 
after a long, long struggle, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a bit, but she fought hard. She, she, uh, was able to go, uh, six months with treatment every single week and then, um, was declared, um, to have no evidence of disease is what it was called. They, they did a scan and nothing showed up. So we had a big party, pop champagne. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. And, um, it, uh, it ended up coming back just a few weeks later, uh, next scan, mm. you know, the, with, without all that, honestly, though, it's life with Brit is, is amazing. Like she's an adventurous person. She's super fit. Um, her idea of a rest day is to hike like 10 miles. She's like, <laughs> let's take it slow today. Let's get off the couch. Let's go hike 10 miles. I'm like, no, I love the couch. Let's lay here. Help That's how Netflix. I rest. You know? so. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So every day is an adventure. Every day was, uh, was fun. And, right. um, oh man, I loved every second of it. Yes, she was all about adventure. That's for sure. Amazing, for sure. Well, let's talk about how open she was with her journey through cancer. You know, she influenced so many people. And even like her influence, her relationship with Christ was inspirational. She turned hard towards him and she never blamed him, right? And I think she spoke out about that a lot, about how... He was the reason why she was still breathing. He was the reason why she was able to get out and hike, climb those mountains and do all those things was because of God. And, you know, I think it's just so awesome to see that because most people, I mean, I I put myself in that situation and I have a really strong relationship with Christ. So I like to believe that I would do the same thing, but you don't know until you're in it because it's like you have those really, really, really bad days. And I know she did where she felt sick and was just not wanting to get up and be motivated. I'm sure she had many of those days, but yet she was praising God in in those days still. And that's what I think really drew everybody to her life was just like, man, this girl is so awesome and her relationship with Christ. So what have you been seeing through that? What was the biggest thing for you that you saw her doing in the midst of her journey, like being able to influence others? What was your takeaway from that? Yeah, so it was quite literally getting out of bed every day like is truly what what like the the most obvious thing that you you kind of take for granted it's like well you wake up you get out of bed yeah yeah but I mean that's the goal right so right it was at the most basic level that um it's not easy um our our biggest like you kind of develop a dark humor at times and our one of our biggest dark humor moments was like through all this, her, her pain, she'd still get up, she'd still exercise her. We'd go for a walk and get outside. And mm-hmm. one day I joked, I was like, if this would, well, this would have been me, like, I wouldn't have made it this far. I would have just been like, oh, yeah. I'm out. What was yeah. me? I don't yes. feel good. I'm what not doing me? Yes. anything. I'm going to lay it yes. here. And you can say whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not getting up. I don't feel good. All right. Right. And then we always joked. I was like, and then you would be horrible at taking care of me. So <laughs> we were like the yes. perfect combo. And oh, so, so um, yeah, but with a, to back up a little bit on it mm-hmm. is I, I went to church my entire life, um, mm. but I, that was not who I identified as. Um, and then once I got into like a relationship with Brittany, I kind of realized that like my relationship with God 
basically doesn't really exist on uh, from my side obviously and so she kind of led me how to like how to pray how to worship um Mm. why church is important why community group is important and um i actually got baptized after we had been married um Mm. because because of it so and it was a it was a daily thing i think her transparency with everything was was what really attracted so many people to her story was because yes it's not always like, I don't feel good, but everything's great. Rah, rah, rah. Like, I don't feel good. Today's bad. I Unreal. have bad days, but, yeah. but when I wake up tomorrow or this afternoon or whenever, like, I will make this day matter wow. somehow. Yes. Um, yes. And so it wasn't, so it yes. wasn't always good days. It was yes. a lot of bad days. And uh, I think that was important. And you know what, what really, again, goes to show that was her being i don't feel good and things are dark and painful but she never like you said blamed god she was very apparent about that it's you know the the uh, there's a lot of cliche terms people say to cancer patients and sick people and you know like <laughs> the he he, give, he gives his he gives his toughest battles to his strongest warriors or something along oh, those lines yes yeah and her impression of that was he didn't give me cancer like this isn't a challenge to me from god that's not what this is and her just optimistic optimistic outlook on everything actually even led to the writing of a song um in in her honor by a band called the sidewalk prophets um they they gave us um they're good friends of ours ben and, and dave and they actually reached out and let us listen to about 50 songs that weren't released yet and get our opinion and we we heard this one and we're like wow we can really relate to this song it's amazing it's called thank you jesus and Mm -hmm. it was just this song it really hit home yeah um well they eventually told me that that song was written because of brit she is the sole inspiration behind it and that you know her her being in the hospital and being sick and still having that positive outlook and and saying yeah. like no matter what i woke up today like thank you jesus and it's an yes. amazing song and i'm i'm grateful for that gift from them and and from brit for, wow. for being who she was wow that is so cool that is so cool so i don't think we mentioned and this is the really tough part of the story but Britt did go to be in heaven. How many years was has it been now? Oh, uh, that was November 29th of 2019. 2019. Wow. Yep. And so, but the thing is, she's left an awesome legacy behind, right? You guys yes. have shirts and everything of this. It's called Live Life on Purpose, right? Could yes. you tell us a little bit? I mean pretty much everything you just said kind of explains what live life on purpose is, but I would love for you to kind of go more in depth of what that is. Yeah. So I actually, it was kind of funny. I I looked back to see when that truly first started and what I could find was actually it started in 2015. I, I sent her just a random quote from the internet kind of picture, uh, handwritten that said, having a rough day, place your hand on your heart feel that that's called purpose your life mm. for a reason don't give up and that was wow. 
before she was diagnosed a whole year like oh, wow. she was December 2016 this is in 2015 when this happened oh my goodness and she she elaborated on it and said your job title is not your purpose your life is your purpose your mm. contribution to this world is your purpose you were put yes. here for a reason live it up live with purpose live with joy and love knowing the world needs you wow. and so that's kind of where i think it really first started and then what really brought it home was after diagnosis, um, because you realize <laughs> life, life is not guaranteed. It's not promised. Like right. we have no guarantee of a, the length of our life. And so I was reading this book at the time by a pastor called Mark Batterson. Um, he's in Washington, D.C., and he wrote a book called Chase the Lion. And one of the main points of Chase the Lion is like quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death, like live mm -hmm. an unorthodox life, get out there, like push the boundaries, help others, like run towards the scary things, like live with yeah. fear, basically. Yeah. Wow. And um, that's kind of what really brought it home. And so living life with purpose means something different to everyone. Um, and so to yeah. us, it was to to have fun, to make an adventure every day, laugh a lot. And yeah. yeah, just, just keep really like living out of our comfort zone every day. Yeah. Oh man. So cool. So cool. And I'm going to link in the description where they can go get a shirt because I have one. I should have worn it today. I don't know why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been the perfect opportunity. This is it? <laughs> no, yes, okay. I missed it. <laughs> but no, I, I love seeing so many people posting pictures with the shirt on. I'm sure it's awesome for you to see that just kind of continue and keep continuing. And I think that's really cool. Um, I would really love to speak out about what ovarian cancer is. And I don't know if you could shed some light for us on what signs people can look for. Maybe kind of share with us what happened with Brittany when she first saw signs. Just kind of open that up and um, share all of that with us. Of course. Yeah. So Perfect. one of the very weird parts about being diagnosed with ovarian cancer is I've heard the story over and over and over again, is that it takes months for most people to get diagnosed unless they find it in some other way, such as a surgery or procedure or something that's going on. Yeah. So through our journey in September, Britt started having symptoms, it started out as feeling hungover, she get bloated, um, just feeling fatigued, tired, and then with some minor pain here and there. That's kind of how it started and then severely progressed. What we didn't know at the time is that Britt literally checked every single box for ovarian cancer. Right. But at the time, she was in her mid to upper 20s, no family history, young, yeah. healthy, yeah. Yeah, there doesn't happen no, to her, right? No reason for them <laughs> yeah. to Yeah, exactly. There's no reason for them to suspect that she had anything life-threatening. We literally had a doctor tell us you don't have anything life-threatening, you can go home. Wow. Well, those those symptoms are yeah, persistent bloating. She quite literally had a six-pack and then looked like she was 20 weeks pregnant. Um mm. she was feeling full very quickly. She couldn't eat um, she wasn't hungry. And then when she would eat, that would just be a couple bites. Wow. And then again, with the bloating, then it looked like she was gaining weight, 
wish she wasn't because she's not eating. Um, indigestion, heartburn, uh, changes in bowels, um, you know, how that, that process, how that works, uh, just anything different from too much to not enough and things yeah. like that. Um, yeah. wow. and then shortness of breath, uh, abdominal pain. So those are the main symptoms that, that she had. Those are, and she literally checked every single box. Mm. Those progressed significantly. Um, up to our diagnosis to where we were going to the ER almost every day and they were sending us home for no reason. Um, mm. You're, you're constipated, go home. You're, oh there's nothing wrong with you. Um, it'll, it'll go away. Um, all these things like drink a glass of wine. You're just stressed. Like it was absolutely <laughs> wow. crazy. Wow. So w one of the main things that she really pushed for is after all this was she wanted to educate people. So mm, she, yes. you know, it's one of those things. So again, persistent bloating, feeling full quickly, indigestion and heartburn, changes in bowel, shortness of breath, abdominal pain. Okay. Those are some of the main ones. So basically we had to learn to be our own health advocate. If yeah. we would have literally told the doctor in the ER, we're not going home. We've learned that like it has a high chance that Britt might not have even survived the mm. initial diagnosis. Wow. So if you're having any of those symptoms that come for more than two weeks, like go get checked yeah. out. Brent would say, go get freaking checked out. Like, yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The best ways to start are there's a blood test that they test for a certain protein okay. marker. It's called okay. a CA125. Okay. And then you can do an internal pelvic ultrasound. Those are good places to start. Mm, but okay. one of the main things that's super crazy that people are truly shocked by is that on your annual exam or your pap smear, you're not being checked for ovarian cancer at all. Wow. Period. Nothing. I think that's important to put out there because so many women think they're checking everything at that point. Exactly. So there's wow. no early detection test for ovarian cancer. So your wow. annual exam or your pap smear are not doing anything to check for ovarian cancer. Mm. So if you're having any of those symptoms, it's something to look at. There's obviously yeah. those symptoms can happen when nothing life threatening truly or anything severe. But right. you know, that was a, a huge thing for her was to, to be your own health advocate. And if you're having these symptoms, CA-125, yes. internal pelvic ultrasound are good places to start if you can get a doctor to listen to you make them listen to you. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. I think that's so important to have people speaking out about that because it sounds like, you know, you could just be thinking, oh, I'm just bloated or not feeling right. good. I don't know. You expect to go into the doctors and then be like, okay, this is what's going on. Like to be able yeah. to figure it out and want to figure it out. But I remember reading bits of Brittany's story or hearing some and it's like they all just said, well, I don't know, and set her away. Like like you said, go have a glass of wine. You'll be fine. <laughs> like that is not what should be happening. So you're like, you're right. It's like we're having to read our own symptoms and figure it out, self-diagnose ourselves with that. Unfortunately, just... it's not a, you know, 30-minute episode of House. These are these are yeah. real people that are, are very busy and, yeah. um, you know, they, they mm -hmm. see stuff like this every day and – they're kind right. of desensitized. So one of the, the main things, there's a lot of amazing doctors out there. And even the amazing ones might write you off just because statistically it doesn't fit the portfolio. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. she's a young, healthy fitness instructor in her 20s with no history of any breast cancer or 
any other cancers um, for the most part. And yeah. why would they ever look? And so, because you don't fit a certain bill, they they retch off. And again, not all of them. We had some great doctors and amazing right. things, but right. Um, so yeah, true. you got to stand up for yourself. You really yeah. do. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. So I can really sense Brittany being like, okay, enough about me. Let's get to Reese here. Like oh, <laughs> his life is continuing. Okay. Like, uh, I would love to talk about you and I want to hear like, what is your biggest takeaway from, you know, being the husband of Brittany and going through that journey with her? What is your biggest thing that you still live by today from that? I would say truly making every day count yeah. because I don't like talking about myself. I'm, I I'm an Enneagram two. If anyone yes. knows that, I'm a, I'm a helper. <laughs> I want, I want to help other people. Yes, so, yes. Um, and as an Enneagram two, yeah, when, you know, you're like, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to talk about you. I'm like, yep. okay, You're I'm like, going I'm I'm to help you by talking about myself. <laughs> That's kind of how I have to like switch it. Yeah, there we go. But what I've, what I've learned is is a few things. Don't don't be afraid to to speak up and be open and be mm-hmm. honest. Um, mm-hmm. Just being yourself is what people can really gravitate to. And so who knows true. who you could help by just being authentic in yourself. Um, yes, so true. Then, yeah, the other part is, yeah, making every day count. And so what I've done with the past year and a half is I've I've continued to travel. I continue to do the things that we, we set out to do. And that's really what keeps me going. So me and Britt don't have children. We actually, a few years before she was diagnosed, had kind of had that conversation and mm-hmm. and even established that that's, that's not something that we really want for our lives. And so okay, I, I, I thought that was a benefit. Um, yeah. I thought that was going to be a, like, that's a good thing. Um, right. And then I went to a, a widower's retreat and they actually asked me, like, how do you get out of bed without having kids? Like, how do you how do you do this? Wow. And then I realized, like, they get out of bed for another person. I get yeah. out of bed because I have to. And wow. so I started really appreciating that fact that Britt gave me that gift as well of of making sure that I live life on purpose every day wow. has a purpose and a meaning. And so that's why I get out of bed is who can I benefit today? How can I benefit myself? What can I look forward to and, and strive towards? And and that's exactly one of my biggest takeaways is because of that fact. She, mm-hmm. like I said, her rest day is hiking 10 miles. Yeah, and so, yeah, yes, I still have my rest days of <laughs> yes. truly resting like normal people. And right. <laughs> I have my, my Brit rest days to where I get out there oh. and I, I do things that make me uncomfortable. And wow. that's my biggest takeaway is, is truly keep pushing yourself. I've really had to, again, I, I'm a two, so I don't like, you know, right. doing things for me. Right. And so I, I've learned to do that. I've, I've been working on personal development. I've been reestablishing my relationship with God over the past year and a half and the hard times that has come Mm -hmm. with that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I see hard times in other friends. So I'm able to, to make myself available to anything and everything. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's really what I've, what I've learned is Britt had a connection with so many people that she never knew. I mean, you guys never (laughs) met in person. It's so true. um, That's a gift. And that's something that I work towards is, I can be amazingly outgoing and happy and bubbly and but sometimes I, I, I struggle with it and she always made time for other people. She mm-hmm. always 
had a reminder in her phone to message someone about something that was going on in her life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I strive towards is to, to be like that, to, to be able to, to care about others so much that you make reminders in your phone about people that you've only met on social media and message <laughs> twice. You know, so. Oh man, that is so true. Oh, I love that. Well, I hope you don't mind me asking, and this might be a little too personal, but I do want to talk about your relationship with Christ and what that looked like after she passed away, because I can only imagine those feelings you were battling at that point. So the best way I've been able to describe it is I've I've never been truly angry with God. Mm. Never that like I hate you moment, this is horrible, why would you do this? Right. I do have I do have those thoughts, but it's not out of anger, it's it's out of curiosity and question and frustration. Um but the best way to describe it is I've never been angry with God, but I don't want to talk to him a lot. Mm. It's like we're not on speaking terms. Yeah. And I struggled with that for a long time. I honestly probably didn't pray for six months or so i would say we would talk but i wouldn't call them prayers and even Mm -hmm. my prayers i'm not a super formal prayer i never have been yeah and uh usually it's like hey what's up all right so (laughs) this is what's going on today Um, hey your own personal style prayer that's fine it's it's how i feel comfortable yeah i don't throw any vows or anything so vows or arts or arts And that's and if if that's how you pray, that's that's fantastic. And right. that's how you're comfortable. Right. I'm comfortable like this. And so yes. I slowly started doing that. October again, I, I did a retreat with other widowers and it really helped a lot. It really helped me be a, a little more brave with, with that mm-hmm. and it gave me a community of people. Yeah. And wow. that really reestablished it. Um the funny way I, I've told them is like I felt like I went to like church camp as a kid and you come back and you're like on fire and everything's great. And like, yes. you know, you're praying yes. a lot and you're singing all worship songs. And like, it felt like, it felt like, yeah, it felt like church camp, you know, like yes. I felt great. That's awesome. And so I, I actually used that momentum and continued through and oh, man. Um, it started so out good. slow, um, just in my head. And then, yeah. you know, we actually have bi-weekly calls and they've been inspiring me and motivating me. And oh, I moved to yeah. Utah for the ski season. And yeah. have been using my time riding the lifts as I, I worked. Uh, I actually worked at um, a ski resort as well. And then when I'd be alone on a lift, I'd I'd pray out loud and I'd wow. thank him for this view and ask if I could talk to Britt and say what I wanted and talk mm-hmm. to him and ask him to, to help me talk to him and yes. all these things. And I made sure to pray out loud. And, oh, and I yeah. think that's helped me a lot. That um, is so cool. That is so, so cool. I feel like... Yeah. He is so patient, right? Like he allows us to just work through those emotions, right? He's right. there the whole entire time, just like, all right, my child, I'm here when you're ready. You know, he knows that what we're going through and he's going to be there no matter what. We can be angry. We could be almost hateful. And I can't ever imagine myself being hateful, but I know some people get to that point, you know, where you are hateful. You just took my love away you just or you're some people lost children i can't imagine going through that like there's so many different places you could get but no matter what god is always going to meet you right where you are and that's been that's been the great part there's yeah bitterness it would be the best way of frustration yeah. it was never truly angry i just i just didn't really want to talk to him. we just weren't speaking yeah. terms but yeah. it's like hey like any like any good friend or family member you go through that period and then you come back and 
you say mm-hmm. you're sorry and it feels accepted <laughs> and there you go and you just yes. you just keep going and so it's a daily oh, yeah. process i have to work on it every single day and then go back through it again with friends that are isn't that this so journey good as well. yeah to have your friends there i mean having those believers with you be able to come next to you and kind of build you up and it sounds like you really got that at the little little church camp you went to. Right. <laughs> what it was, was called that the, called? It was called the Refuge Widowers Retreat. Refuge Widowers Retreat. How did you even hear about that? It was honestly a God thing. It yeah. truly, truly was. So Daniel, who runs it, um, had posted something on Instagram. And I didn't know who he was. I didn't follow him. Uh, nothing. Right. And in one day... I got about four to six messages with this, with his story, his post sent to me. Okay. And I didn't know any of these people. I don't like, I guess they obviously knew me through yeah. social media. Um, and conveniently I was reading a book about listening to signs and stuff like that. And so I was like, okay, like something's obviously happening here. So right. I click on the link. I read about it. It's a retreat for widowers. And instantly I'm like, Oh God, like, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> That sounds weird, like, because uh, we're going to, like, I'm going to be forced to talk about it, basically. Yes. Oof. And so, yeah. but I looked it up, and I was like, man, this sounds pretty cool. Okay, like, I'm really thinking about it. It's in South Carolina. What a cool adventure to go on. Six people sent this to me. Something's happening. And I read and read and read, and it was widowers with young children. And I was like, oh, okay, Oops, that's I'm not out. me. Yeah. <laughs> so I took a weird, like approach i actually ended up uh, messaging daniel and being like hey man i don't have kids but six people sent me your stuff like i am a widow yes i just want to tell you whatever you're doing you're doing a good job and this sounds amazing um i think you should you know continue to keep pushing this because it sounds like it's a good opportunity it just it's not i'm i don't fit that bill he messaged me back why don't you set up we set up a phone call and we talked for an hour on the phone like the next day Real quick. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And it was just a whole lot of similarities along the lines of uh, his his wife's name's Brittany now, his new wife. And then mm. he uh, lost his first wife to ovarian cancer and wow. all kinds of like similarities. Um, yeah. Their birthdays oh, were goodness. like Britt's birthday and the day that she passed away or one day apart. And it was just like all these similarities that like literally oh, wow. God like led us to each other. Uh, and wow. ended up going and having an amazing time. Uh, oh, good. Difficult time, but overall coming out feeling feeling great so oh man so cool they haven't last year was the first year ever and they're gonna have wow. another one uh believe in october again um okay. this year in south right. carolina so um, wow. great opportunity very hard i almost didn't go even like two weeks before i was like just can't, yeah. don't go it's gonna be hard yeah. but again oh, pushed through did something tough and and truly uh very happy that i did the great so group cool. of guys and a great oh time. man i'm so happy to hear that reese that is so cool it sounds like you definitely needed that in your life. And now you have a um, a group of people that, you know, you built relationships with in the midst of that. And now you're having a stronger relationship with Christ. I think that is so, 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 so cool. So yeah, awesome. Community, community is, is what, yes. what truly what gets me out of bed. It really does. I don't have kids. Yes. You know, my dogs get me out of bed. But um, <laughs> good also old the, Tilly and... Tucker, and Tucker, Tucker, yep. yep, Tilly and Tucker. They're so and, cute. And uh, that community, though, of, of mm-hmm. you and and truly everybody is is why mm-hmm. why I get out of bed and 
Wow. Keep going for it. It's, oh, it's man. Wow. Well, I have one question that I ask each of my guests, and I'm going to ask you as well. And okay. that is, what does hope mean to you? Hope is, it's a tough word right now, mm. honestly. Um, mm. You know, that, that feeling of being alone is, is starting to be real in the second year of everything. But I think hope lies with the thought that, like, I can live out the life that Britt and I set out to live. Of The hope is travel. Hope is living that unorthodox life. Um, mm. Hope is making each day an adventure and being okay, like, being out of my comfort zone. I think that is, is hope to me. Hope is renewing a relationship with God. Hope is, it's so many things. Um, yeah, wow. But I think the main one is, is I had this amazing person sent into my life, like, I'm here because my life was changed by one person who saw life mm -hmm. differently. Britt wasn't afraid of being different and showing joy in each and every single day. My life now is devoted to showing that joy can be found in the most unlikely of places. If, if that joy yeah. can change even a single person's outlook, then uh, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and, and wow. you know, hopefully they uh, they can be able to feel that change too. And, you know, that, that would make it all worth it, honestly. And I wow. think that lesson comes from Brit. So that's beautiful. I love that. This has been a fun interview. It really has. It's been it nice has. to actually <laughs> conversate with you. I mean, other I than through messaging, <laughs> we should do this more often. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, you know where to find me. I'm right yeah. here on the computer. Right. <laughs> so true oh man well this was a blast thank you so much reese for joining me i hope you have a great rest of your day and let's do thank this you. again that sounds good i had a blast thank you so much as always be sure to check out the description of this episode there will be links to things we talked about in today's episode you can go snag yourself a live life on purpose shirt i have one i absolutely love it and what a great cause to be a part of also, there'll be some other links there that we talked about today in this interview. But I have a huge favor to ask from you guys, and I know I've asked this before, but I really want to grow this podcast. I want it to get out to as many ears as possible. There are so many amazing stories from others on here, and I feel like everyone needs to hear it. So the best way of achieving this is by leaving a rating on this podcast. That will really help it go up in the charts and for more people to see it. Also, leaving a review is a great way of doing that. And by sharing. Share this podcast with as many people as you can, even if it's just one person. Either way, I am so thankful for each and every one of you who keep coming back and listening to these stories. I appreciate you so much. But anyways, that is all from me, you guys. And I hope you have a great rest of your week.